cheat to strong openings and strong endings your beginnings and endings primacy and recency effect people are gonna that first impression um so if you have a great entrance from something make that the entrance to your demo reel if you have a great exit or a really funny blow line or a really funny button on a scene then make that your your final scene and then see how you can tie in those the transitions from scene to scene Welcome to Inside the Audition, the podcast where we go behind the scenes for a deep dive look into the world of auditions. I'm Joe Lars Larson, creator of Actors Audition Club, an international community helping actors book your dream roles in TV, film, and theater. And I'm Brandon Knox, actor, producer, and co-host. Each episode, we chat with actors and industry professionals to share their audition experiences, insights, and advice. We provide actors with actionable tips, strategies, and resources to help you elevate your auditions. We demystify the often intimidating and misunderstood world of auditions to help you succeed. So whether you're just starting out on your acting journey or you're a seasoned pro, Join our Actors Audition Club members as we go Inside the Audition. Here we are, Inside the Audition. Episode 160, I'm Joey Freddie Larson. We got BK Knox in the next room this way, but on screen he is that way. But he's right there. Hey, Brandon, how are you? I'm okay. Yeah, there he is. Yeah. Uh, welcome, everyone. We got a fantastic episode. Uh, this is episode 160. We're going to spend a little time a little later on talking about the importance of demo reels at the end of the year leading into the beginning of the year. It's a great time to take a look at all your marketing materials like headshots and demo reels. Today, we're specifically going to talk about demo reels, what to include, how to put them together. Uh, we're going to share some resources, uh, specifically a fantastic demo reel editor that we work with. And we'll talk about all things demo reels. So if you have any questions about demo reels, now's the time to clickety-clack them in the comments. Uh, hello to our live viewers on Facebook and YouTube. Make sure to interact in the comments. Let us know what city you're watching from. And thank you for being here at um, Inside the Audition. Uh, but first, before we get into demo reels, we got a couple new member shout-outs. Uh, we've got a new member shout-out to a Bob Higgins Hello, Bob Higgins. I don't know if he's watching right now, but uh, Bob Higgins is originally from New Brunswick. Now I believe he lives in Massachusetts. Uh, he recently joined the membership and he has worked on a few sessions with Aaron Elizabeth Reed, who is a session director based out of New York City. And um, uh, Aaron said she had a great experience with Bob, uh, said that he's very excited to be working with us and to have someone to help him with his self-tapes. Uh, with the directing and coaching and reading and editing so that all he has to do is act and just relax and have a good time and not worry about all the extra tech type stuff. Uh, and also to not have to work with an untrained family member who doesn't have any clue about anything TV, film, casting, uh, movie theater, acting related. Uh, so he's excited to be working with professionals. So shout out Bob Higgins, uh, New Brunswick and uh, Massachusetts. Uh, and we've got another new member, uh, Kevin Kincaid, who was originally a referral from Cheryl Poirier. Uh, Kevin, several months ago, he was in town. I think he splits his time between out east, um, maybe in the Halifax area, I think. Uh, he's also a, um, a director and filmmaker. He's worked on some documentaries and some reality shows, uh, but he's also an actor as well. So a few months ago, he was here just for one-off when he was in town. I think he's spending more time in Toronto, so I saw him... Maybe a week ago, 
uh, and he's been a couple times since, uh, and he just recently hopped on our membership as well. So shout out to Kevin Kincaid. Uh, he's done lots of fun, uh, seasoned vet. Uh, so for those of you who are watching, if you're not a member, again, great time to be reevaluating your acting career and your life at the end of the year and starting to gear up for next year. And a reminder, now that the strike is over, we are about to enter the biggest gold rush content creation production boom in television film history. So I'm telling you right now, if you were bummed out about strikes and work stoppages and lockouts recently, now the industry is about to go gangbusters. Um, uh, it's a weird time right now because of Christmas. There's always a little bit of a slowdown. But because of that backlog of production, there's going to be more millions and billions of dollars put into more series and more productions than ever in the history. They got to catch up with that backlog of production. They got to make sure their schedules are filled and those streaming sites are filled. So no better time to be an actor. There's more work available and more money going to be available starting the new year. So now's the time to take a look at your career, see how things went this year, start planning how you want to do things this upcoming year. And one of those things that you might want to look at is getting some help with your self-tape auditions. You never know. Uh, your next audition could be the one that changes your life, could change your life uh, for you and your family, um, could be five figures, six figures, seven figures, uh, could be the thing that um, changes your life forever. So you want to make sure that when those opportunities are going to come at you in the next couple months, as the industry picks up, uh, you want to be seizing those opportunities. You don't want to have one slip by you because you didn't prepare, you didn't submit something that was professional. If you worked with a family member, maybe you didn't get notes, maybe you had a bad reader, uh, maybe you missed some beats in that audition, and that's where we can help out. So if you go to laughingvikings.com slash AAC, you can hop on our membership uh, and you can um, get discounted rates. You can get access to our online uh, library of content, uh, con training videos, um, access our archives, access regular workshops that we run, access our community of growth-minded actors. So go to laughingvikings.com slash AAC, and you can do that right now. And uh, you can join some of our newest members like Bob Higgins and Kevin Kincaid. So shout out, Bob. Shout out, Kevin. Uh, now, uh, we're going to get into demo reels, Mr. BK Broiler. I believe we are, Mr. Larson. Okay. So, so Lars, can you tell me how long do you think demo reels should be? I think they should be, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 minutes, couple hours. They should be like a Ken Burns documentary. Good 10 10 to 18 hours of old found footage and uh, video. Yeah, cameras. and actually, if you just put it on loop, if you just find yourself yeah. uh, in a in a horror film screaming, right. uh, just loop that for 10 right. hours straight. Um, right. That, so, that's no, a that, that, <laughs> that is the wrong answer. Uh, <laughs> if any of you have already tuned out, uh, we are JK, JK, JKing. Uh, I think shorter is better. We live in a TikTok world. We live in a Snapchat world. Uh, and I'll tell you, nobody wants to sit down and, and watch six and a half minutes of your demo reel. So I would say be very careful. And, and I would think of your demo reel as your current best foot forward highlight reel that shows um, a variety of characters that you can play. So maybe a variety of looks, maybe just a, uh, emotionally the, the scenes are different. Maybe one's super big, broad comedy, 
and one's maybe smaller um, drama, uh, something more intense. Um, you don't need to go into the realm. I, th I think a lot of people look at demo reels as an actor, your ego can come into it and the nostalgia and the fun and the history of like, oh, I loved working on the, all these projects. I just want to show all the fun things I've done. And it becomes this nostalgia reel where you're looking, uh, which is great. Make one of those too for your family and friends, or if you want to have that personally. So every once in a while, you can look back and see clips of everything you've ever done since theater school. But I think be very diligent of um, trimming that and just putting the best foot forward. So I would say a minute to two minutes, maybe two and a half max, mm -hmm. if you got lots of lots of good stuff. But be in a regular rotation of swapping old things out that maybe they were old and maybe you don't look like that anymore. Uh, maybe you're, you feel you're stronger as an actor and you've taken a lot of classes and, and you've up-leveled your game. So constantly be removing old things, adding your new footage and, and be very diligent. Does this need to be there? Sometimes you might have two amazing performances on two great shows, but maybe the characters were pretty much the exact same. So you don't need to show back to back to back. Oh, same guy, same guy, same guy. Ideally, you have played characters that are very different, different looks, different feel, different vibe, different energies, so that casting can see a variety of what you can play. Um, and in, in lieu of a variety, just go with your best right now. So if you have if you have a demo reel right now that has a bunch of student film and real indie stuff where maybe the production level wasn't there, but then you were just recently on a network show that looks amazing and is a recognizable name. Maybe um, the, the production is something everyone knows about. Consider axing the student film and the indie stuff entirely and just showing 45 seconds of your best thing that you've done lately. Mm -hmm. um, that, that would be my advice. Um, yeah, brevity. You, you would let me put it this way: you way rather have it end early and then be like, "Wow, that was great. Let's watch that again." Than at the six-minute mark, which they would not even make it through the six-minute mark. Probably by three minutes, they'd be scrubbing forward or just flicking it and be like, "Yeah, I've seen enough of this guy. I, I get it." Um, you way rather that keep it short and then have them watch it again than get tired of watching it and shut it off. If that makes sense. Uh, Lars, was there a clip in your recent demo reel that you did want to add in, but decided that it was either too old or it, it, you had enough characters in that style already that you, you did end up pulling in? Um, no, not in my most recent one. I feel pretty good about my most recent one. And I've only mm -hmm. got um, four clips in there. I've got something. I play a big... Uh, wacky comedic character in a movie called Super Hijabi. Uh, that's kind of my big, big comedic opener. It's very, very big and broad. And then I tone it down. I was in a, a suspense thriller called We Came to Wreck Everything, which is an interrogation scene. So I have that where I'm very still and very intense and very deliberate. And then uh, a very quick snippet from uh, Fear Thy Neighbor, where I'm screaming and wave a gun, waving a gun around, little, little, uh, more intense, a little more action, but I'm I'm screaming in that one. So that's a, a little different note. And then I finish with Lou Handy from a kid's show called Oh Yuck, which is wacky, screwball, almost sketch comedy, kids comedy. Um, and those are my four real quick. 
Nice. Yeah, I've got I've got tons of other things. Uh, I have a separate commercial reel as well, which is all commercials, which I'm really proud of. Um, that's got a, a lot of comedy in it and a lot of different looks where I've got short hair, long hair, um, and just different different things over the years that I've done. Mm-hmm. That's also got a lot of physical comedy in it as well. Um, yeah, so no, I feel both of my, I think my TV film reel, I recently added a little more Lou Handy from the from the kids' comedy just because I wanted to infuse a little more comedy in it. Mm-hmm. It's at a, that that demo is about two fifteen right now, and my commercial reel I think is a minute fifty nine. Um, I like to keep it under the two minutes if I can, but I yeah. just added added a little more. And partly you got to think of like who's watching this. It's going to be probably a casting director. If you're seeking new representation, it could be a new agent or manager. Mm-hmm. Um, certain productions will ask you if you have a demo reel to submit a demo reel with your auditions, yeah. uh, especially if it's a bigger character and they don't know you. Um, but so just think of yourself when you see a video or if someone sends you a video, hey, watch this. One of the first things we do now is we kind of look at the we look at the time or we look at the the progress meter and see how far we are. And whether it's conscious or, or, or subconscious, there's a little, like, there's a little bit of you is like, Oh God, six minutes. I'm not going to watch six minutes, but if it's a minute 59, um, then you're like, okay, I can, I can stick out a minute 59 on this. Also some of the casting sites, uh, I think actors access specifically when you upload your materials, they charge you by the minute. So the difference between 159 and 201 is is a different in pay hike. Mm-hmm. So that's if if that was an issue for you, uh, or if it didn't make a difference. If you're like, okay, I can trim two seconds off this and make it 159 instead of 201, yeah. you'll you'll save a few bucks on some of those uploading sites. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What else? Um, so what would you do or what did you do when you didn't have material and what do you recommend for actors that are still working on getting, uh, material from student films, from short films, uh, indie stuff or big commercials? Right. Uh, what would you say to them? Well, I, I think it's, it's a constant project in what is your best foot forward right now? So, um, wh- whatever that means to you, if, if you're brand new and you haven't, been in anything, uh, I would suggest you need to be starting with class. And hopefully in those classes, there's an on-camera element where you can shoot like an audition scene, um, sort of audition style with, obviously you wanna have good good lighting and nice backdrop and professional sound and all that stuff. Um, but people need to see you uh, and they were like, okay, great, you're an actor, but what can I see? So you can show them those. Um, just something that you've recorded in a studio. It could be a monologue, could be a couple contrasting monologues. Um, there's companies out there uh, that will produce like demo reel type footage where they put together a small skeleton crew, grab a couple actors, maybe two actors who both need demo reel material. They agree mm-hmm. on a scene and they spend an afternoon shooting that. So that that I think that's worth the investment. If you don't have anything, that's kind of a level up. So I would say... It's audition style, monologue, like um, like a self-tape style. Then it's student film, indie film, and or um, demo reel type um, production companies. And then after that, the next thing is actual footage from television and film professional shows that you've been in. Mm-hmm. And But it's just always what is your best foot now? So uh, best foot forward right now. So a lot, I think a lot of people sometimes wait 
to do anything where they're like, oh, I just shot this thing, so I I won't do demo reel right now. I'll wait. And then in the meantime, it's like could be six months, eight months, a year passes before that thing comes out or before they get footage. And then in the meantime, they don't really have anything to shop themselves around. So I mm -hmm. think always have something that is your best work right now. Yeah. Uh, and then even update update those. So if it's if it's a monologue that you've recorded in an audition type setting just to have something, then consider every three months, six months, if you're improving, that you probably want to be updating those and either pick a new monologue or re-record the one that you have so that you're always feeling confident. This is this is me right now at my best showing you what I got uh, right now. And then constantly up, upgrade that. Yeah. Uh, I recently filmed uh, a couple monologue videos a little while ago with you, Lars. And I got to admit, I have never been more excited and giddy for uh, theater auditions and equity right. theater auditions because I right. finally have something I can show them that I've been working and I've been doing something. And like, um, I, I was feeling very down for a lot of years because I, I'm. I'm not equity and I've been non-union, uh, a th non-union theater performer for, for 10 plus years now. But, and like that, sometimes that can look as a, as like, Oh, why is, why didn't he go union? Why didn't right. they decide to do that? Why have they not booked anything? And like, that's no fault to you. So show them that you can do this stuff, that what you're working on is good material, that you're still honing your craft and you're still learning. And you'll get excited when these kinds of things come in instead of feeling that it's it's an overmounting mountain that you need to climb. Give yourself some sp some spikes along the way. Right. right. Make it easier for yourself. Yeah. And I think you sort of touched on something, right? Not sort of. You did touch on something is is you're you're an actor so act like mm -hmm. don't don't wait for permission don't only be an actor when a casting director and an agent and a production team gives you a role and and that could mean as little as reading aloud every day working on monologues reading some scenes watching films taking some classes writing some things doing mm -hmm. some sketches making some sketches for TikTok or youtube um but like the the key part of the 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 key letters in actor are act, which <laughs> is a positive um, forward motion thing. It's not, it's not a, like we're, we're not called thinkers or waiters, but it's funny that a lot of actors are waiters, but mm -hmm. just think about that. Yep. Um, don't, don't be a waiter. And I don't mean don't be a, a restaurant waiter. Don't be a waiter arounder where you're only an actor when someone says, hey, can you be in my thing? You want to make your own stuff, make your own opportunities, create your own demo reels, constantly be working on it so that um, so that you can be making moves yourself regardless of anyone else. What does Tom say? Um, um, Act to seek my own good opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the world is is your witness. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, like do, do this for you and for your own joy and for your own creativity um, and make your creation an offer to the universe and to the world and, and then good things are going to happen. Uh, yeah. We could probably, let's talk about, um, I know that getting footage for people is always a frustration or often a frustration. 
um, some tips for that. If you if it's something that where you're not creating it on your own, so you've been in a student film, you've been in an indie production or or a proper television and film show. There's often a delay to get those footage uh, to to get that footage. Um, that could be a year, two years before something comes out. Often there's sort of NDA type things where production, understandably so, doesn't want random scenes floating around, mm -hmm. uh, especially if it's not finished as well. Often, like occasionally people can get a hold of footage that was shot on the day, like rough footage that hasn't been colored and hasn't been sound mixed and maybe mm -hmm. isn't the actual cuts that end up in the final thing. Uh, so you got to got to be careful there. But what I've always done is or what can help you if you know that a big reason why you're doing the project is you want to get the footage for a demo reel. And especially early on in your career, sometimes if you're doing it unpaid, the only reason you're doing that indie thing or student film is the trade off to get the to get the experience to meet people on set, mm -hmm. but then to get the footage. So if yeah. that is the case, you need to do yourself a favor and and make that very clear to whoever cast you or to the director or production producers that that is the agreement. I'm volunteering for this. I'm happy to be the actor in this, but the deal is in lieu of pay, I'm getting a copy of it. And when is that going to happen? And who am mm -hmm. I going to do that with? So I've often, um, re regardless of the level, I often make a point to some, I don't, you don't do that too soon, but at some point during the shoot, uh, maybe towards the end of the shoot, I like to connect with, it could be a production manager, it could be the editor, it could be the director, it could be a producer, but I like to just touch base with them and have a little private conversation. Just, hey, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for having me. The shoot's okay. going great. Uh, question, who, when the time comes, who do I reach out to to get this footage? And sometimes they're like, oh, yeah, just send me an email. No problem. Um, and you might even ask, like, do you have timelines? And they'll be like, oh, it's going to be at least six months or, oh, we're looking for spring of next year or whatever they might be looking at. Because uh, you also don't want to be the guy that's hounding them incessantly uh, because then sooner or later they'll be like, I'm just going to stop answering this guy's emails or texts because every week is like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? So uh, that can help if you start to ask those questions. And often they're pretty cool and they'll mm -hmm. be like, yeah, send me an email yeah. and we'll make sure we get what you need. But it's probably going to be like if you just shot something right now, like I, I shot something in August, the the one of the producers was he actually approached me and he was like, anytime, whenever you need the footage, just reach out and I'll give you whatever you need. I don't want to reach out too soon because I want to get the stuff after it's been colored and sound mixed and I want to get the takes that the director has actually put in as the as the money shots and the money takes rather than him send me all the footage that they shot on the day of me um that isn't colored and isn't professional and sometimes you like you hear a mic rubbing on you or the sound isn't quite mixed and mastered or mm -hmm. it's not as fresh i mean if you really needed that because you have a big opportunity then yeah reach out to them and, and get the the rough footage if you need it like as a private viewing to show a new agent or casting for a new thing but i like to wait until i get the actual final finished produced product but i plant that seed early on on set so i'll, I'll just say that like part of being a good human too and the reason that you want to develop good relationships with people when you're on set is so that when you need something 
it's not a big deal or you're not hounding them or they're feeling like, oh, this prima donna diva is always asking for stuff. Um, but it's just as simple as like, hey, when the, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for casting me. It's been a pleasure and honor. Cast crew is amazing. What's the timeline on this? Like what's how's production post-production going to work and what's the release plan? And and when the time comes, who do I reach out to get a copy of it for my demo reel footage? It would be really important to me and and would would mean a lot to me to be able to have that. And I think don't be afraid to express to production or crew how important that may be for you because it is there is a sense of like you you do one thing so that then you can show hey look look what i can do as a stepping stone to open up a new door and open up a new door and open a new door and you move from little bit parts to lead roles and mm -hmm. and and maybe in the beginning you're you're being typecast as as the one thing that you appear like but then you have this new thing that is a whole new look and feel and a type of character that you never played before so getting that is important for you to be able to show a range. So I think don't be afraid to express that it actually means something. And don't take it personally. Like if, just remember that everyone's busy and their main priority as a director or a producer isn't the reason I'm doing this is so that I can get footage to the actors for their demo reel. They're, they've got other things. And often by the time something's in post-production, the people that you were working with are on to other projects too. So the delay may be that they're busy on another thing. So just be patient, uh, but set the stage early on so that six months later when they get that email, they're like, yeah, I remember this because I told them that email me in six months and we'll figure out how to get you the footage. Mm -hmm. Makes sense? Yeah, yeah. makes yeah. total sense. Um, the other thing you might, I, I don't have a guy like this, but there's certain people out there that are just really good technology on the internet and they're really good at finding things. They have the website, so they find the tools and the editing tools oh. to, to rip things from sites. Mm -hmm. um, whether it's uh, I actually have an idea for that. Um, yep. What I did is uh, I had um, a clip from a TV show. Uh, I actually had it on... Uh, one of the streaming platforms. Uh, and so what I did is I just screen recorded my my screen and then put it full screen and you blocked the scene off that way. Right, um, right. Yeah, that's that's an option. The, the challenge sometimes with screen recording is usually it doesn't record internal sound. It records external sound. So yeah. you're often hearing you're hearing the room, you're hearing the sound come out of your laptop and then get recorded versus just getting the original sound from the thing. So it can sound, it's it's almost like bootlegging if you were to go with a handy cam and record a movie sitting in a theater, it's going to sound a little different than getting the actual sound from the thing. So be be cautious of that. But yeah, if you if you've know a good tech guy or there's just... I find posting on social media like, hey, I'm trying to find someone. How do I get a thing from this site? And somebody knows the software, some hack, some download plugin that you can do to rip stuff. Like uh, no, no matter how much behind a firewall or behind uh, security it is, like every site has been hacked and broken and fit people figured out how to rip stuff from everything. So it's out there. You just might have to do a little work. Uh, but the easier thing to do is 
have an in with someone early on when you're working on the project, start to map out who your go-to yeah. person is, and then have that person at the ready when the time comes to get the footage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the uh, we could talk about what do you actually want to put in that demo reel? If you're an editor, you can edit stuff yourself. Uh, we work with uh, a fantastic editor and director, uh, Adam Barnicki from, or I always say Barnicki, but it might just be Adam Barnick. Um, yeah. Adam Barnick from Wicked Tree Creative. Uh, Wicked Tree Creative. Uh, he's take he um, back in the day did one of my demo reels. He's worked with Brandon. He's worked with a few other members. We often refer him. Uh, he's he's a director and a, he's an editor, so he's got a good eye to how to put scenes together. Mm-hmm. Uh, good eye for opening and closing. Um, you want s- nice seamless edits between scenes and characters sometimes you can kind of create a little mini narrative that wasn't even there so almost like your demo reel itself has a little bit of this of a story mm-hmm. based on how you're cutting things and and how you juxtapose things um if you're editing yourself a few things i would say focus on your close-ups um remember that uh, the general note is be selfish in your demo reels. Your demo yeah, reel is about you. It's, yeah. it's not about the other actors. It's not about the scene or the story. Sometimes I've, no. I've met actors who are putting their demo reel together and maybe you're really proud of the scene and the story. Nobody cares about that. I'm not watching a demo reel to be like, oh, this is a cool, juicy scene. I see what's going on here. I just want to see big, strong moments of your best acting, ideally in a close-up, um, if you're using wides, you, you might use a wide or a master if it's something very physical. Like if you're a stunt guy, you probably have a separate stunt reel, which is showing full body and showing your fight scenes and maybe it's showing multiple actors. But um, the biggest thing is open on a close-up. What you don't want, here's a big mistake, is I don't want to open, I don't want to press play on a demo reel and see two actors and not know who I'm supposed to be watching. And if and if you're sending this to new agents and new casting and new producers, they don't know you. So they don't know, oh, there's Brandon right there. I'm going to watch Brandon. So if it's a back and forth or if it's a if it's a two shot between you or I've I've even seen some where the opening shot wasn't even them because the opening line from the scene was the other character. Cut that shit. Open on you. Make it very clear that you're the hero of this <laughs> You need to be the lead in your own demo reel. Let me put it that way. And I've watched demo reels where it's like, I there's I just saw eight actors in this, and I'm, and you didn't even have the most screen time. Uh, so um, cheat to your close-ups. Um, don't worry about the story. And another note would be um, juxtapose your characters for contrast. So if you have characters that are similar, split them up and put a character that's different. So they see you as this guy, then they see you as this guy, and they see you as that guy. And really think castability. Think in terms of a casting director if they're seeing like, okay, this this in the opening thing, this is um, this is a, a a big wacky best friend type character in a broad comedy, and the next one is a, a dark gritty thug slash action guy, drug dealer kind of thing in a in a something dark and gritty, and then the next one is. Um, uh, a real estate agent in something maybe a more hallmark or movie of the week type vibe, clean cut, corporate type thing. And then the the last one is 
something else. So just think of mixing it up and like, so the casting director or whoever's watching it can be like, Ooh, that guy. Oh, here's another look. Oh, here's another look rather than same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing. Oh, I get it. Click. Let's watch the next one. Yeah. Sense. Yep. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so biggest thing is close-ups. Use your close-ups. Don't worry about the other characters. Uh, and I would say like anything, cheat to strong openings and strong endings. Your beginnings and endings, primacy and recency effect. People are going to, that first impression. Um, so if you have a great entrance from something, make that the entrance to your demo reel. If you have a great exit or a really funny blow line or a really funny button on a scene, then make that your, your final scene and then see how you can tie in those, the transitions from scene to scene um, and have some fun with that stuff. Um, but yeah, keep it, keep it tight, keep it quick and don't be precious with your material. Don't make it a nostalgia reel of here's my entire career from the time I was a, a in student films to now. This is me doing everything. Mm -hmm. Just, what is your strongest work? Um, Close-ups featuring you. And don't worry about the story in the scene. Don't be precious with it. It doesn't need to make any sense. Uh, it just needs to just strong moments from you so that they can see, oh, this guy is a player. He's a great actor and he's got some range and i can see the the things the types of things that he could do and and what he could be castable uh, i can imagine him in different roles that we're casting for mm -hmm. cool yeah yeah that's perfect yeah yeah all right uh lars you wanted to talk about coaches yes yes um i had the uh the privilege and an honor of going into my hometown last night um i uh, actually had to drop off luna my dog uh, to my dad's because i'm going to la next week but as it worked out, I was able to also attend a celebration of life for one of my earliest baseball coaches. Uh, I'm going to we'll share a screen here and bring him up. Uh, this is Dean Heliotis, um, affectionately, affectionately known as Dino. Uh, and Dean, I, I was able to make a nice little write-up for social media and for the, the guest book um, last night. Uh, Dean was a huge part of what I would say was the the, the best summer of my childhood years. Uh, and it was in 1992, way back, playback. Uh, Dean was a baseball coach for the All-Star team. I played in Aurelia, Ontario. And um, he was just hugely impactful. I remember being called up to um, – I remember being called up. I played peewee first and then – I got called up at the end of a season, which I didn't even know was a thing, uh, where I got called up to the to the team older than me. And so I played a few games, and I remember feeling like I got called up to the big leagues. I didn't even know you could get called up in, in Little League. But I arrived, and everyone's older than me. It was the first time I ever played it in a, in a diamond that had actual dugouts. Like, they were dug out into the ground behind the, behind the field rather than just a metal bench at a normal Parks and Rec baseball park. Um, so I was very starstruck, and it just seemed it was a bigger park, too. It had bleachers. Um, but the biggest thing that made me feel like the big leagues was this guy that you're seeing on the screen here, Dean Heliotis. Um, he was older than any other coach that I had. I think up until that point, most of our coaches were just somebody's dad. 
Um, but Dean was maybe he was around 60 when he was our coach, but he just he gave off the feeling like like he was Yogi Berra or Sparky Anderson or Casey Stangle, which are long-term Hall of Fame Major League Baseball uh, managers. And he had been a longtime player too. So it was just a sense of like this guy is like been playing baseball for 50 years of his life, probably. It was kind of a local legend. Uh, and what I remember about him is he was so fucking funny and he was fucking funny because he was one of the first adults I ever remember being around where he kind of cursed like a sailor in front of us, mostly not at us, mostly um, just around us, um, which was a breath of fresh air because every teenager we swore, but usually when you're around adults, swearing wasn't allowed and adults didn't swear in front of you. And at school, nobody swore. Um, but then just to have this coach who kind of said it like it is, he would rip into us when needed. But he was just super funny. We like we looked up to him like kind of like a baseball god. He was our coach. He was very hard on us, but also not in a way where we resented him. It's like you wanted to do well for him. His knowledge of baseball was through the roof too. So you really felt like he was giving us pearls of wisdom that I had never learned before and, and real uh, detailed coaching things that were high level baseball things that I hadn't been taught at a younger age. Um, so yeah, he was just a, a huge impact on me. And, and the reason I wanted to share this is uh, twofold, to, to honor Dean and, and to remember him, but just to stress the importance of finding good coaches. And, and I didn't really know it as a kid, how lucky I was, but I think throughout, especially when we're kids, we need that. Uh, and it's amazing if you have mentors and adult um, coaches outside of your own family and, and teachers, um, it just has a huge impact. Someone who can encourage you someone who can guide you when you're fucking up, someone who can look you in the eye and say, hey, you're fucking up right now. And like most coaches, Dean, he didn't really have a problem if we would make physical errors, but it was when we were making mental errors or most importantly, when we were not putting forth the effort. So if we were, uh, the, the thing that I, that I still say this word to this day, but lollygagging was a term that I had never heard before. Um, lollygagging. And uh, his voice echoing out through that field, just saying, hey, quit your lollygagging. We'd be dogging it. And you need to practice like you play and you need to practice intensely so that when you're in the game, your your default switch is go all out and play hard and go for the ball and run out every hit and and just do it all full full tilt boogie. And Dean was one of the first guys that really impressed that upon me and I raised my level of excellence to deliver for him. You you wanted to do well for him um, because he he drove us very hard, but also was just so much fun. Um, kind of felt like one of the guys always had a smile on his face, a twinkle in his eye. Uh, back in the day, he was he was chewing tobacco was a thing. So when I got called up, I'm like, okay, this coach is way older, seems to know way more about baseball. He's really funny. He swears he's doing chewing tobacco in the corner of his mouth and spitting like I, I was just mind blown by this guy. So uh, and parlaying that into today, I think even when you're older, just the importance of finding coaches who bring out the best in you um, 
people who can challenge you, uh, people who can teach you new things. But I think coaching is like coaching is different than a teacher. Teachers teach you the facts and they teach you some of the fundamentals. But coaches work specifically with you to translate the education or the teaching into real time results now. And, and that's whether it's an acting coach, like I, I feel really lucky to have an acting coach in, in Tom uh, Todorov. Um, I have a business coach in James Wedmore. I have a growth and personal development coach in Brendan Burchard. And so I, I just use this reminder of, of um, remembering Dean to ask yourself, do you have coaches in your life right now? And if you're an actor, find an acting coach or multiple acting coaches. Uh, maybe it's a fitness coach. Uh, maybe it's a, someone like a therapist as well, which help you with your psychology and your, your mental game. Um, but surrounding yourself with coaches in all aspects of your life. And the cool thing about today is you, we, we all have access to world-class coaches through the internet that you would never have access to before. Like I feel so lucky between Tom Todorov, between James Wedmore, the business coach, between Brendan Burchard. Those are three people that I probably never would have met in person or spent as much time in person with them as I, as I have. Um, like James and Brendan, I never would have met in person. Um, I'm going to meet James in person in, um, uh, in LA next week, but um, just the the ability that we have to listen to a world class mentor's um, podcast, or to enroll in their online course, or to enroll in their mastermind, and to have the ability to work with world class leaders and experts in their field, we're living in a in a golden age where it's like how would that ever happen 20, 30 years ago? The guy would have had to live in your in your um, town or you had to be lucky enough to go to that school and meet that person or maybe you would meet someone at an event and they would be lucky enough to take them take you under their wing but there's just so much opportunity to just intentionally seek out the best people in the field that you want to be in and take their advice and work with them and take their coaching or even if it's something like master class Think about that that program masterclass. It's like you can learn comedy from Steve Martin and you can learn writing from Aaron Sorkin and directing from Ron Howard. Like, what the fuck? Like, you would have had to be to learn directing and writing from Ron Howard and Aaron Sorkin would be unheard of for the for the average person. You would have to get on set or meet them in Hollywood somehow and then develop a relationship with them and just be lucky enough to be one of the few people that they were able to work with in person. And now for a hundred bucks a year, you can watch all these classes and get the best uh, knowledge and wisdom from all these coaches. So I'm just blown away by the ability we have to surround ourselves with coaching. So, uh, and, and I'll extend that to, um, uh, to actors audition club here. Um, seek out coaches for your audition. Sure, do it yourself or do it with your uncle or your spouse who is an untrained actor and has never gone to theater school, TV, film school, and take their advice if you want to. But think, ask yourself, does that make any sense? Does mm -hmm. it make any sense that you would take a direction from your kid or your brother or your sister or your wife or your girlfriend if they have no professional experience in TV and film in the acting world and filmmaking? Does it make any sense at all? Ask yourself, 
what your favorite series and shows and movies are right now. And every one of them use professional actors and they use the professional crew. It would make no sense if they were like, oh, uh, my uncle happens to be hanging out here. Do you want to throw him opposite the lead for this big scene? And um, my roommate over here, uh, why don't we throw him on camera and let him hold the boom mic and he'll run sound and camera and be the DLP today. That would be fucking ridiculous. So if you're not working with, it would be, but people are doing their auditions and a little empathy here. I know it's challenging. And I know that um, we live in a world right now where actors, a lot has been asked of actors from the transition from in-person auditions to self tapes, where all of a sudden it isn't just about the acting. Now you need to have some kind of home studio setup or you need to have a studio to go to. Maybe you got to have some knowledge of lights and knowledge of camera and maybe some editing where all of a sudden you're asked to be a filmmaker as an actor uh, and you're not able to just be an actor. But you either need to learn those things and seek out expertise um, to get up to speed to, to do that yourself, or you need to align yourself with the studio or with some coaches or with Actors Audition Club so that you have TV and film professionals that can help support you. And yeah, that might mean investing a little bit of money and paying someone to be that professional and buying their time so that when they are working with you, it is their time versus get like, you, yeah, you can get someone to volunteer, but at some point a volunteer is like, okay, I can't spend all day with you on this. Or we've all asked a friend or been the friend to help and sometimes calling in favors, whether it's moving for pizza or helping with a self tape, um, sometimes it, it becomes um, a, a burden or it's easy to blow off too. It's like, well, the guy's not paying me anything. Yeah, I want him to do him a favor, but I just got this paid gig, so I can't show up to help you unpaid for your thing because we live in a world where bills are real. So investing in professional help, investing in coaches, paying for that, the, the transformation comes in the transaction, meaning when you pay, you got skin in the game and also the person that you've paid has skin in the game, so they're gonna show up. Same thing, You, why do people sometimes hire fitness trainers? Because if you have an appointment three days a week at the gym with your trainer, you're more likely to show up. And you know that if you paid that trainer, they're gonna do a better job and wanna do a good job so that you get results and become a good testimonial for them. So invest in coaching, invest in yourself. Um, one more thing with Dean I wanna show here. Um, rest in peace, Dean Heliotis. Lived a great life. He was 91 years old. I got to talk to his son. Uh, his wife was was there. It was very sweet. Took time to have a conversation with me and talk about how much Dean loved his his um, his players and his his kids um, that he that he worked with that he coached. Um, but I want to share one of the things he taught me, and I and I kind of forgotten about this, but was how funny he was. Um, how do I share? There it is. Here. Um, so there's our team. Can you see this? Mm -hmm. Can you see that there? Uh, bonus points if you can find me. There's Dean. Dean is right here with a wicked smile on his face. That's me right here, big, tall, blonde guy uh, mm -hmm. right here. Um, but what I wanted to show was, and we can, we can wrap up on this. Um, where is it here? Uh, so this was shared. I don't think Dean did this with our team. But this was something that he had a history of doing. He was a real wisecracker, real prankster, was always having fun, knew how to lay down the law and be serious and to rip into us when we needed it. But 
baseball and sports and especially when your kid is supposed to be fun so this is something that he would give give out i'll read it this is to certify that michael provenzano who was a, a really a ball player um has qualified as a charter member of the gcg institute guaranteed certifiable goof as a member of this fabled institute you have qualified by committing numerous acts of stupidity with <laughs> prejudice to the game of baseball your consistent disregard for abner doubleday who is the original creator of uh, baseball um, for <laughs> abner doubleday's basic precepts about the game have brought you into this hallowed halls of this select group and as such you are decreed to have attained the order of goofism anywhere in the ward welcome aboard goof uh brought to you by the supreme goof of goofs dino heliotis uh, so just so funny like obviously making fun and, and making light like probably this guy made a big error that maybe lost them a game and rather than just yell and scream at him and have monster size as the player that that lost the game probably the next game in the dressing room or on the bench presented him with this certificate of goof goofism um, but also had the presence of mind that he took some piss out of his himself there at the end to say hey I'm also a goof of goofs we all make mistakes we all make errors but you know what are we gonna do let's let's have fun and and make light of it so uh shout out to dean um the supreme goof of goofs uh and shout out to all the amazing coaches out there and uh shout out to everyone listening and watching if you don't have coach coaches seat coaches and figure out where uh, like where can you bolster your life with a coach here and a coach there, like a fitness coach, a mental coach, a business coach, an acting coach, um, it, all kinds of things, so that you're not just a lone, a lone wolf out there where you start to feel like, oh, I'm, I'm supported, I'm part of a team, and I'm getting the best information from people rather than having to rely on trial and error. Like people have done some incredible things in the world already, so stand on those shoulders of those giants by hiring them or learning from them, reading their books, reading their memoirs, uh, all that kind of stuff. So uh, once again, shout out Dean, let's stop that share. And any, anything else, final words? Have a great week, everybody. Have a great week. Uh, we'll see you next week for episode 161. I will be in sunny La La Land. Uh, I leave first thing in the morning, I'm flying down uh, to LAX. I'm going to spend a few days in Irvine, which is about 45 minutes south of um, of LA proper. Uh, and I'm going to be at a um, digital business and online marketing and online business conference for a few days uh, to help us build Actors Audition Club and Laughing Vikings through my business coach, James Wedmore. And then I'm skipping up to Hollywood. I'm staying in Hollywood for three, four days, uh, doing some stand-up, going to meet with some actor buddies, uh, hopefully meet with um, some director and filmmaker friends while I'm in town and just lay the groundwork for being back and forth to LA uh, and New York. My To put it out there in the, in the world, I um, spent most of my time in my career in and around the Toronto area, uh, but I want to do more regularly in New York, in LA, and then ideally just connect that triangle of places, um, New York, LA, New York, LA, New York, LA, Toronto, mm -hmm. New York, LA, Toronto, uh, over and over again. So looking forward to the sun. Um, and looking forward to doing some stand-up, and I will be doing a podcast episode from Hollywood next time you see me. 
Well, we look forward to that, and uh, we will see you all again next Wednesday, 2 p.m. Yes. One more time, shout out to Bob Higgins, shout out to Kevin Kincaid, hit up Adam Barnick uh, for your demo reel needs. Make sure to subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms, or at least one of your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, And thank you for listening and watching, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.